Welcome to Canada's podcast. I wear a few different hats as a CFO. Whatever hat CFOs like Imran need to wear, Sage's tools and insights can make sure they fit. Sage, helping business flow. Welcome to Canada's podcast. I'm Phil Bliss, the founder. And today we have John Chevro. And really, we're going to have a special independence summer issue and talk about some of the things that John can pass on from his, his own business, independencehub.com, uh, to other entrepreneurs who are, like us all, striving for independence. Uh, so, John, before we get going on things, I think it would be really good to give it, I mean, I should say that John and I have known each other for years uh, and are great friends and have worked together. So we have a history. So this might be a little bit more, you know, friendly than than, than normal. But uh, John, why don't you kind of give everyone, you know, three, four minutes of who John Chevrolet is and independent stuff. Okay, well, we're sitting in the back house of a house that was paid for with the, the mortgage was paid for, at least the predecessor. Working for you at the Creative Marketing right. way back in the, at the dawn of time in the 80s in technology. Um, I sort of went moved as a beat journalistically from uh, basically writing about technology to the Global Mail to writing about money for the financial post. So I've always been kind of specialized. So we've thrown out, you throw out this word independence to those very few people in the world who don't know what it means. It's simply a contraction of financial independence. So independence, financial independence, same thing. Hopefully I coined the term. And so I wrote a novel, a financial novel called IndependenceDay.com. And that's basically just the day that you can say, hey, I'm right. arrived. I'm no longer working because I must, financially speaking. I'm working because I choose to be engaged in the world. I want to give back. Uh, I need structure routine in my day. But it's not just, just to pay the mortgage. Because the mortgage, as the book says, the foundation of financial independence is a paid-for home. And you'll be relieved with this lovely home here. It's paid for. Including the waterfall you hear in the background. Well, the waterfall was tax efficient. That was the year of the, the, the 2008. I think the, the government gave us a little financial incentive, a tax credit, mm -hmm. the home renovation tax credit. So you'll be glad to know that this was a tax efficient uh, <laughs> addition to the house. So, you know, John, Explain about independence of this uh, country. To, you know, not everybody knows about it. So when you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not quite as well known as the Global Mail or the Wall Street Journal, but it's, you know, we've been going since 2014. At the time, I was the uh, editor-in-chief at Money Sense Magazine, where I still write a column on retired money uh, once a month, but I still edit some of their stock market stuff. Um, so, but when I left full-time, uh, I sort of declared my Independence Day at that time. I think I was 59 or 60 years old, and there was a bit of a an incentive to uh, to keep me going for a year or two without having to have any discernible means of support. So I thought, well, I mean, I, I like doing this stuff, so I'm going to launch the Financial Independence Hub, which was a, a, a basically a spinoff of the financial novel Independence Day, mm -hmm. originally published in Canada in uh, 2008. And the United States edition in uh, 2012 or thereabouts. So, uh, having been a newspaper guy, 
my motto was always a story a day keeps the editor away. As long as, as long as you give the Global Mail right editors a story every day, they don't bother you. They go, so John, what are you doing today? What are you covering? You're covering you know, this. So I, I set out to, from the get-go to write a blog or have a blog written for me uh, every business day, 52 weeks a year from 2014 on, which I more or less have kept to um, knock off Saturday, Sunday. Uh, lately, I've been experimenting as I even get super people kind of now you would get you would call it mm-hmm. with just doing like, at least in the summer four day week so i don't always publish on wednesday right now just to give myself a break so uh, either i write these blogs or i have what's called guest blogs we have advertisers you know right now for example bemo rcgf frankly templeton are the advertisers so they for that they get a, a monthly sponsor blog which is clearly identified as Sponsored content. They no. never know what it is. You know, false advertising. Um, so essentially, it's all about. I would say it's targeted people who are ten or twenty years from what we used to call retirement, what was I call independence, or people already in semi-retirement. I mean, you could argue you and I, Phil, in our six seventies. It's going to say sixty. Uh, are independent, but we're. You know, there's a difference between um, retirement and independence. Well, I think there's a difference between retirement and independence. Independence doesn't necessarily mean that you're retired. It means that, you know, surviving, fiscally surviving, yeah, as I, is done. Basically. Yeah, as I said, you can be independent, but not retired. But you Correct. can't be the other way around. You can't be retired, but not independent. I can't that's imagine. That's but that's I know that some people try to be. I do try to be retired without being independent. That doesn't work by definition. If you're not independent, your expenses exceed your income. That way lies madness. This is the people an idea, John. You know, in in the time you've been in, you know, writing about financial matters, but let's say since the independence I've got going, I mean, what's been the major feedback? What are people looking for? Well, I think we can call the term whatever you want. You can call it a personal finance site, money, financial freedom. Um, you know, you look at the Globe and Mail or some of the, the, the mass publications, they, they seem to be obsessed with the term retirement. It's just an easy shorthand way. Mm-hmm. So the, the distinction between financial independence and retirement sort of rolls off some of these people. Um, but it doesn't really matter. So I, people basically, when I say independent, what, I mean, what people really mean by it is, they don't want to work as a salaried employee with a boss, with the meetings. Having before the, the pandemic, you know, you had to commute like an hour a day to get to some office and by eight o'clock in the morning on nine o'clock or whatever on Monday and going till Friday. Um, and of course, as a salaried employee, you're getting taxed rather heavily, as we are on a on, on interesting same thing, not dollars. So I think it. it People think that they want to retire from that. Um, but in most cases, there's a lot of financial blogs. I mean, Independent Shop has lots of competition. And most of these people tend to be former salaried employees who wanted to become, as for your site, uh, they want to become uh, entrepreneurs. So in that case, it, it might consist of being self-employed, semi-retired. They're already getting a certain amount of pension income and investment income. Uh, but maybe they're 55. They're not really ready to you know, pack it in for another 20 years. So they build a business. And, you know, if, 
if it's about financial independence, they they become authors. They write their own. They write a book about it. They self publish it. They market it. They um they do podcasts like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's all on their terms. They're writing. They're they're working for themselves. They may have choose to have employees. Uh, personally, I've never had employees. I, I admire people who have done it, and like yourself. Um, but you could be a one-man band or a sole proprietor. And I'm, I'm a sole proprietor, but I'm also incorporated for the for tax reasons and limited liability. That's it's interesting. So, you know, in terms of gaining independence, is there a kind of a magic series of steps, you know, one, two, three, four, that you have to do? Like, so, so someone's beginning their entrepreneurial journey with a with a view to gaining independence. From your side, are there sort of four steps that the three or four steps that they if they take, no one's nothing's guaranteed on it, but if they take, they're gonna have a much better sort of success factor. Yeah, well, I mean, number one, of course, you've got to get to the point where you're living within your means and that the money coming in, it's like running a business. You've got to have more money coming in than money going out or you're, you're going, by definition, into debt. Mm-hmm. Debt these days, interest rates are going higher. So all of a sudden, you're not carrying it like money ain't free anymore. It's not like zero to two percent. It's more like, you know, five to eight percent if you have a mortgage, maybe more on the credit card. So in Independence Day, the book, the novel, and we talk about the pictures of young couple, Jamie and Sheena, and they have different views on spending. Jamie is a big spender, saver, builder, like yourself, a builder who wants to build businesses. Sheena's more of a consumer consumption, and she's got this bad credit card habit, mm-hmm. which she cures ever right off the bat. So first stage, stage in, in almost any of the financial plans that you're asking about is to eliminate all forms of debt, consumer debt, high interest debt. But then after that, if you're thinking of starting a business as an entrepreneur, you, you need to have emergency cushion because you can't really count on billings meeting your expenses in the first year. So ideally, you put aside enough money that your personal existence, your, uh, your rent or your mortgage and the food and the utilities and all that is taken care of for a year while you make the sales calls and you build the business. Having done that, uh, once you have a little bit of surplus, you, know, you can start reinvesting it into either more assets or perhaps building a bigger cushion. Uh, as I said earlier in the book, uh, about the book, um, the foundation of financial independence, in my view, is a paid-for home. Not that easy in Toronto or Vancouver these days. I feel sorry for young people who are just trying to go on for this, this uh, world. Uh, once you've got the bit of the, the, the big mortgage, you know, it tends to be in your 50s or 40s or something, you know, then it's a matter of building the nest egg to the point where you live by the, it's called the 4% rule, where for example, if you have a million dollars, you should be able to count on getting $40,000 a year. 4% of a million is $40,000 after inflation adjusted. So if you think you can live on $40,000 a year forever, or for your hundred, then that's what you'd go for. And you'd probably achieve that through a mix of stocks and bonds and ETFs covering those asset classes. Starting a new business is an exciting journey, but it also comes with its fair share of risks. Business insurance safeguards your hard work by protecting your assets. Without it, a substantial liability claim could put your personal finances at risk. 
Liability insurance also gives you a competitive edge in the market. Visit Zensurance forward slash save 35 to get a free quote for the low cost insurance protection you need so you can focus on your growing business. There's one more thing that we want to cover from your side, something that you call victory lap retirement. What is that? Well, Victory Lap Retirement is another book that I co-wrote with a chap, an ex-corporate banker, Mike Drack. Mike Drack, I gave up the TV and RBC, all the big banks. Uh, and he had this dream of basically, he, 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 he was reading the financial, from the financial hub, that's how he learned about me. And he kind of approached me one day and said, hey, I got this idea for a book called Victory Lap Retirement. He'd never written a book, and he knew that I'd written you know, eight or ten of them, but then he'd write it down for So I said, oh, sure, we can I set him up with the publisher, which is Milner Associates, and set him up with the cartoonist, Steve Meats, who's an excellent cartoonist, by the way. And uh, so we co wrote this book called Victory Lap Retirement, Milner and Associates. And then the second edition, or he did the U.S. edition with a U.S. financial planner. And uh, but essentially, Victory Lap Retirement is life after Independence Day. So, Independence Day is covering everything being a young, young newlywed, you get married, you start to worry about mortgages, you get your first job. Up to when you declare your independence, let's say it's age 55, for the sake of argument. From the moment on, from 55 on, if you've received you achieved independence, now you're in your victory. You're not in, you're not retired yet. You're basically gone from employee to entrepreneur to self-employed. And maybe you're gonna have a 10 or 15 year uncle um, career. You know, at, at which point maybe at 70 or 75, you decide to be classically fully retired in the old sense of the So Independence Day is getting there, and the day you get there, you begin your victory lap retirement. Unless you're a civil servant or you work for the Ottawa somehow, and you have a defined benefit pension plan. Which very, case, very rare. It's in today's world. Yeah, but you're laughing if you can. So. But what's your view of entrepreneurship in Canada? You know, let, let's be real about it. Entrepreneurship in our day was created by realizing you can work for somebody or somebody pulling out or closing down and off of you end up going on with the nurse. Um, I don't think it's in I don't think it's in the same mix as it was, you know, twenty-five years ago. Well, I don't think everybody is kind of an entrepreneur. And I think, you know, as I say, my, our daughter, lover though I do, uh, I, I think, you know, really, you should just go get a job at, with the provincial government or in Ottawa mm -hmm. and like hang in there for 35 years and get that pension plan and you can be free forever at uh, 55. It, 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 but it is other, because other young people are notoriously entrepreneurial, the TikTok generation, and they're, you know, they've got all the social media skills to promote themselves. And uh, and I, I and you you know you you've had partnerships. You don't have to be a sole proprietor. You can find somebody else who's got uh, what the word skills that are uh, complementary. Yes, as opposed to like you you could be the salesperson, you're the creative person, whatever the mix is. You don't want to have you twice. <laughs> you no. want somebody else. And I think in your own career you've done that. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you don't want you don't want to duplicate things yourself. You want someone to complement you. So if you wanted to ask me some questions, so we'll we'll kind of round up this this sort of finance and entrepreneurship kind of conversation. You throw a couple of things at me. Yeah. So instead of a new journalist resource, now I'm going to be the journalist. It's mm -hmm. my natural role. When you 
I'm going to be the source. So I get to be the boss here. Okay, okay. All right, Mr. Bliss. <laughs> so you claim to be a law entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell us about CP, Canada's podcast. Paris is something I had an idea of uh, growing up in media, a bit like you, John. And I saw five years ago that podcasts were emerging five years ago. You know, there was a lot of enthusiasm about them, but, but no one was taking them too seriously. And I also saw that they were uh, a little bit, um, I thought, underwhelming at the time. But a lot of solo entrepreneurs trying to be entrepreneurs, trying to be an entrepreneurial podcast and use that as a business. And some of them are succeeding, some of them are thousands. But I, I, I kind of come from the old school. I wanted a network. Basically, I think if you live in a country, you can't, you, know, you can't really look after something something to the You want to have, you know, used to used to be journalists in in, in, in city, da 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 da. So we really developed a national entrepreneurial network. So we have you know basically from the island on, on one side to Atlantic, where we have hosts across the country all of whom are entrepreneurs and themselves interviewing entrepreneurs. We also, one of the things I found five years ago, everyone was interviewing tech entrepreneurs and there was not really much going on for others. And I couldn't understand that because entrepreneurship doesn't really matter whether you're a tech or a hairdresser or a farmer or what the heck you are. You're an entrepreneur. You're running your own shop, running your own farm. You're an entrepreneur. So I wanted to get some of those stories on, as well as the kind of the hot disruption technology kind of things that seem to be about 85% of the podcasts that I, that I could listen to. No disrespect to any such competitive. And that's what we've done. We, we really have, have, have shown Canada's economy on, on uh, sort of multiple areas. I think tech's still a big piece of it, but it's certainly not the only piece of it. And we've shown Canada's economy in terms of diversity, uh, and uh, and it, it's great. It's done from that. It's been a really exciting five-year journey, and we are we have become the number one brand in in this kind of podcast across the country, and have done have done really well. And you know, it's a business channel speaking to people. That are interested in business, running their business, understanding the pitfalls from others and, and the, the lessons learned from others. And that, that, that's pretty valuable, you know, that side of the contribution. Is, is what it is now, five years after your release of Inception, has it changed? How is it different than other projects? Well, well, I think there's two things. One, one, we started audio, that was all it was. Uh, and to me, I mean, that was interesting. Uh, because I, mean, I loved radio always, and, and uh, this was a new radio, basically where I could choose my channel, and I didn't have to listen to all the other crap. I could just listen to stuff that I wanted, and that that was that was cool. that was a cool idea of it. Um, and then um, we merged about two years ago, two and two and a bit years ago. We went video, I mean, partially because I'm a bit of a techie, and that was the time that uh, Google was. Data set from visual search that was YouTube. So I thought, let's be the first kind of video podcast and and you know and get number one spot which is all that we did. Um, and that but it but it, it's funnily enough, 
we get we get a lot of views, but audio still wins uh, by by quite a quite an amount. People love to walk. You do you do that, but you're listening to a podcast when you're walking along. I you know I my do. my kids listen to podcasts in the car. It, 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 it's it's just the the way things are. Uh, you know, um, it's that that sort of where where it sits. So yeah. audio is still good. Video can be very useful in terms of seeing an exchange and 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 getting closer to it in terms of interaction. Yeah, I certainly found that like I use Spotify. Yes, before that was the Apple one. And you can yeah. have a phone, but it's it's a pretty seamless thing. That's yeah, we're on we're on everything, so it doesn't really mean Google, Spotify, Apple, but that, but that, but that, but that, but that, we're everywhere. So I mean, I, I was going to ask you what you like about being an entrepreneur, but presumably it's it's financial, right? I mean, like I like, I like the independence of it. I like I like the creativity of it. You, 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 you create if you create a problem. You got to solve it yourself and get 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 out of it. If you see an opportunity, you can be the first there and and or do it better than people are doing. And that's always that's always a fantastic challenge, you know. Uh, and for me, that John, you've known me long enough, but that's my my raison d'être almost. So uh, that sort of it works. It works for me because I'm. I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 30, 30 I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you obviously, the revenue comes from somewhere. I'm not sure how that exact. What's the revenue model? Like, it's, 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 a media, it's a media platform. The revenue comes from media, basically, the sponsorship from advertising. From sponsored podcasts to sort of obviously sponsored podcasts uh, for people that want to get their story out, and 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 that's important. And and all of marketing, additional marketing around that, because things like some social boosting, pushing it, and building building up the audience. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of our stuff is organic, but if you want to be successful, then it becomes multi-channel marketing. But it's multi-channel media. We have. You know, forty-five thousand monthly subscriber uh, newsletter that goes out every month. So it has something like a twenty percent open I mean, so that you know, that's that's pretty that's pretty substantial. So um, we're we're very lucky. On, on do you push this out on all the social media? And there's a lot of new ones like Threads and Facebook and Mastodon. Yeah, we do. We 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 do. We we push it a, a lot, and then you know, if we're new, if we're, if we're working. With with an advertiser or, or a sponsor, then we will, you know, do what, what you do with those ones, you know, you know, demo it and So if you want to listen to the podcast or want to get follow you on social media, maybe you're plugging today's podcast. Where did, where did they reach you on X? I guess they call it now. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I, our big channels are Insta, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Obviously, YouTube is very big. And as you said, all of the, the, the major content. So uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, etc. You do uh, TikTok? Uh, you do a bit of TikTok, yeah. 
but if, if they want to follow you personally, are you, you have a, well, our website, canvaspodcast.com, you can see everything that I've done and, and, and do that. Um, and um, I would rather not be followed personally and just follow the Canvas podcast. <laughs> We can follow me, John Shever at Twitter, John Shever at well, you can do at Phil Bush, at Phil Bush on, on Twitter. All right. I'll just I'll just forward my uh, follows over to you then. <laughs> okay. Well, last question. Um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Um, this business or any business? So, uh, any business? I would say. You know, I, I used to be known as a bit of an AA in terms of driving people. AH. And that was obviously the wrong thing. And then I might have got a bit too passive. But you have to be driven. You have to work. You have to be driven. You have to believe it. It's not stupid. Because you also have to do your analysis and research. But if you do that, and 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 so has to be quantifiable. Can't just you can't do it on a win. That's this is kind of nine percent failure. So you have to quantify it. And if it comes out the analysis comes out positive, then you have to drive. And the faster you drive at the beginning, the better you can. Okay, well, it sounds like uh, another version of independence, and I'm glad that you're sort of well on the way to your victory lap retirement. Yeah, well, John, I don't know if I'll ever retire, but it's been great seeing you, and thanks for coming on time this podcast. Look forward to a little bit of a partnership going on with the two properties. All right. Contact us at info at canadaspodcast.com.